Theory. Hello and welcome to a Smashing Theory, the ultimate prediction podcast for Super Smash Brothers and other video games. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. And happy 50th episode. I almost said happy 50th birthday. Ah, <laughs> uh, thanks, Daniel. It's good to be 50. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what they say. You're We're 50. 50. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. that's a great start. Woo. Hey, everybody, we've, this is 50 episodes of A Smashing Theory. We've been doing this for like a year and a half. That's a long time and a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I guess. Really relative to what? I don't know, to having done nothing. If you had said, hey, Sean, do you want to do a Smash Bros. podcast? And I'd say, nah. You know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's a lot of work relative to that. I guess that's fair. <laughs> um, so for our 50th episode, we're we're doing a good old Q and A. Uh, you guys have sent us a lot of stuff, and we're gonna tackle as much of it as we can. Yeah. Um, some really fun queries, and some of them will be pretty lengthy. I think so. <laughs> let's crack that open and get into it after we address some corrections from the last episode. Okay. Um. Sean, during our previous correction segment, <laughs> uh, you were unsatisfied with me saying that my most played 3DS game was was a game that was played three separate times by three different people on one system. Yeah, you fake-ass hack. Where's <laughs> the real data? So uh, you asked what my fourth most played 3DS game was. Uh, and I thought that it was probably Pokemon X, and it was, with 54 hours played. Nice. Uh, and just to round it out, fifth place is Fire Emblem Awakening, with 51 hours played. Wow, so close to 50. Yeah? It'd be thematic. Yeah? You know, yeah. it's funny, I, I don't remember you getting that far in Fire Emblem Awakening. Oh, I played I... it, yeah, I played it a lot. Like, okay. I, uh, I got a little bit past the time skip. Oh, right, okay. Um, And there were just some missions, some paralogs that I just got stuck on. Yeah. Like, yeah. tens of times. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, So, yeah, that, that racked up the hours. I, I okay. never beat it or anything, but yeah. I did beat it. I know. It's a good time. I believe it. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh. We weren't sure uh, whether ARMS has done that well financially. Mm -hmm. uh, ARMS has sold at least 2.1 million copies worldwide. Okay. Uh, less than 2.6 million. Right. Uh, because Nintendo kind of has their their like, their like best-selling games like mm -hmm. on their site right now. And ARMS has fallen off. Okay. The, 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 the lowest-selling game on the list is selling at 2.6 million. What is that game, do you know? Uh, I forget. Okay. Well, I'm going to look it up now. Okay, actually, it's not 2.6 million, it's 2.75 million. Okay. And it's uh, Mario Tennis Aces. Oh, okay. Is, uh, is the 10th best-selling Nintendo Switch game huh. with uh, with that much, with that many copies. Okay. Yeah, but I, I think that's, I think 2.1 million is pretty good. Yeah, it's respectable. For, for a new IP, especially, mm -hmm. you know? And really, when you think about it, since everyone has two arms, it's like they sold 4.2 million million arms uh i said dante and bayonetta were <laughs> were created uh i said dante and bayonetta were designed by the same person okay uh they actually both had different character designers mm. uh but they were both created and their concepts were both created 
by Hideki Kamiya. I see. Okay. The designers were different, though. Gotcha. Um, all right, those are the corrections. Woo! Time for episode 50. Where we answer 50 questions. Far less than that. <laughs> a substantial amount of questions, but a, a number that seems small when you put it next to the number 50. Yeah. We're going to start with a tweet from Bear Fanks. All right. Who says, celebrate 50 episodes by opening 50 sewn suit pockets. <laughs> oh, wow. That, isn't That's that a, deep lore. Yeah, right? That's a fucking callback. <laughs> So, like, tens of episodes at this yeah. point, um, we got we all got to find out together that Sean didn't know that he, <laughs> that you're supposed to uh, that you're supposed to open uh, the closed pockets on on like your blazers when you, know, you get a suit. I thought they were decorative, like how women sometimes have decorative jean pockets, right? You know? Yeah, I it was that that thing. Yeah, we we all found that out together, and it was it was very funny. But I <laughs> I forgot that we ever had that conversation. Yeah, no, but same. Bearfangs remembers. Yeah, Bearfangs. Apparently, that really stuck with them. Uh so just like how those suit pockets are stuck together <laughs> <laughs> permanently. Yes. Well, uh, thanks, Bear. Yeah, thank thank you for that wonderful memory. Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> uh, all right, so, uh, so our first real question, uh, we're going to address a cliffhanger from our last episode. Okay, this was uh, this was asked. It was asked in the listener mail segment of our uh, of our more DLC characters. Oh yes, of our more DLC characters prediction episode. That's right. Uh, so I'll repeat the mail here for those of you that don't have eidetic memories. <laughs> Hi, Daniel. Hi, Sean. I don't really have any ideas about the extra fighters that others haven't said already, but here's an interesting question for you. If you have extra time at the end of this episode or later, uh, and we decided or later. Yes. In an earlier episode, you guys said Smash 6 should be about 30 characters with reworked movesets. If Sakurai somehow listened to your podcast and passed the torch to you, for this new game, which 20 to 30 characters from Ultimate would make it into the roster? Any specific ideas for reworks of old characters? Also, Echo Fighters or Freebies. Thanks, <laughs> and I'm glad we're getting more Smashing Theory through 2020. Uh, and this was a really cool idea, so I really wanted to, to crack it open. Sure, deep um, dive. Yeah. So, so first off, yeah, I, I think that really the way to make a new Smash game after Ultimate, right, is to start from scratch right yeah. like uh build kind of a, a fresh roster uh and make the game like play significantly different mm -hmm. so people aren't like oh this is just uh this is just a port of ultimate with half as many characters right <laughs> right It'll, like i think it should just like introduce like a new mechanic uh that mm -hmm. makes it so every character even returning ones have kind of a substantially different moveset than they did before. Yeah, I would almost want it to feel like the transition from Mortal Kombat X to MK11, where it's like, oh, this is very different, but I like it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think, like, the, the knock people off the edge thing should stay the same. I think oh, yes. That, I think that the B-moves thing should largely stay the same. Yeah. But I'm also thinking, like, maybe, like, maybe something similar to the V-Trigger system, Ooh. where after you've, like, after you've been on the field for a while... You can kind of like, like your smashing mode will activate, and uh -huh. your your character will get like new move properties or new abilities. I like that. And since you are, you know, ostensibly in this universe where this is happening, 
mm-hmm. since you're obviously kind of taking the characters and you're doing everything from the ground up, you could really integrate those modes into how they play in a way that feels deliberate yeah. and not tacked on. Yeah, exactly. And uh and yeah, like there's already kind of the rage system mm-hmm. that's kind of just really low key, like kind of you do a little more damage when you've taken more damage. Right. Right? Um so I think just having kind of a meter at the bottom that will activate your smashing mode and like mm-hmm. and make the character play differently each time. I think you could use that to kind of incorporate uh for example to kind of incorporate effects from items like i'm thinking mario Mm -hmm. um his smashing mode is he just like he just grows as if he'd just taken a super (laughs) mushroom and fights that way for a bit that's cool yeah similarly Um, i was thinking link could put on the fierce deity mask oh and then you know he'd be kind of like bigger but also maybe you know the properties of his moves would change in ways that would kind of go along with that theme okay you you would pick a, a Majora's Mask thing. Well, of course. <laughs> the the thing that was only in a single Zelda game. I'm me. <laughs> uh, Why am I me? I'm me. <laughs> um. So we should pick a roster of like twenty to thirty, uh, returning characters. I think thirty returning characters and ten new characters mm-hmm. for like a starting roster of forty. Uh, would like, would both be kind of reasonable, sure. and like, and and make it feel like this is still kind of a substantial Smash game, right? Okay. Like if they're developing that for like three to four years, and then after that, like after it releases, they kind of do like a DLC thing where they where the DLC is a mix of new and returning characters, uh-huh. and maybe that goes on for so many years that the that the final roster even dwarfs ultimates. <laughs> But it starts with just, like, that kind of cozy 40 characters, right? I like that. So, the, the original 12 characters from Smash 64 uh-huh. should all be in 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 Smash 6. Yeah, that right? makes sense. All should be in Smash 6 at launch. But, and I think this is a general rule, since we're starting from scratch, mm-hmm. characters that were kind of, that kind of had derivative movesets in the past mm-hmm. should uh, should be given more, more differences and should be should feel like more spread apart yeah. from their original counterparts. For example, Luigi would be in this game, mm-hmm. but uh he'll be given kind of a new move set that has some of his old moves, but also like emphasizes his poltergust more. Yeah, that's what I would want for sure. Uh and maybe like does things like he has electrical fireballs for Mario and Luigi now or something uh-huh. like that. Right? That'd be cool. Um also Mario doesn't have the flood anymore. Thank God. He has he has a new down B move that uh that kind of makes him the Ryu of Smash, and I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> hmm, like okay. he like he'll he'll need something that like like because when he initially came out he was supposed to be kind of that character that teaches you how to play Smash. Right. And then him having the flood kind of messed that up. Yeah, it just makes him complicated yeah. and stupid. Sorry, so, sorry to flood lovers. Yeah, like flood's cool, but yeah. like, yeah, it, it uh, it kind of diminishes his original purpose, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he should, yeah, he should have a new down B that kind of makes him a balanced character, but isn't the Mario tornado. Yeah, like, I, I think it'd be, I think it'd be too complicated and too niche uh-huh. to give him the handstand from Donkey Kong '94. <laughs> I was thinking about DK '94, and yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, unfortunately, um. I just keep I keep trying to think of a way 
One idea that I keep thinking about incorporating is that right now he doesn't have any abilities that kind of give him side movement. Uh-huh. So I was thinking maybe some kind of a slide. Ooh, a slide could yeah. be cool. Yeah. Or like how, uh, you know, in like Super Mario 64, for instance, you can like crouch while you're running and you can slide forward and spring out of it. Maybe uh-huh. something involving that. Yeah, like a, a slide that you can kind of cancel into like a like a flip move or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that'd be good. I think nice. that'd be good and I think that would like really really help out his smash his smash move set mm-hmm. and like and like yeah it could help give him a bit of horizontal movement even in midair as it yeah. kind of like sort of glides down towards <laughs> the uh yeah i i think that's good are there are there any like i i think a lot of characters just kind of like they've gotten to a point that they kind of work pretty well like mm-hmm. P- pikachu's thing doesn't need too much tweaking i think right donkey kong makes a lot of sense these days <laughs> yeah um I really like the reworks that Link had for... Mm-hmm. With, like, the time bombs and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, I think Link feels really good these days. So I, I don't think there's too much I would change from any of these 12, aside from, like, giving them cool, like, boosts for their right. for their smashing modes. Do you have any other smashing mode thoughts for the original cast? Um, No, do you? Uh, blah, hmm. Pikachu could evolve into Raichu. Nah, they'd never do that. Come on! Nah, Pikachu doesn't evolve, baby. That sucks, baby. <laughs> I, I fine. I'll get a surfboard and be surfing Pikachu. Wow, <laughs> cool. Like, I I think what maybe they do is just like give Pikachu the light ball, uh, uh yeah, and turn uh turn his side B into Volt Tackle. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah. I think there's 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 almost some situations where like. Yoshi, for instance, you could just bring Winged Yoshi back and yeah. tweak that, you know, uh-huh. and that would work. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Um, but yeah, so so that's the original 12. So I think when it comes to adding more characters, right, mm-hmm. I think every character uh, should get their villains back. Okay, cool. Um, so Mario should get Bowser, Samus should get Ridley, um, Donkey Kong should get King K. Rule. Link should get Ganondorf, and Ganondorf should get his own moveset. Exactly, yeah. yep. Yeah, Ga- Ganondorf actually has, like, a Ganondorfy moveset. Maybe he's not even Ganondorf anymore, but he's Ganon. That'd be cool. Yeah. Or he could turn into Ganon during his uh, V-Trigger. Ooh, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Kirby should get Meta Knight and King DDD. Nice. Uh, I'd say an exception to this, I don't think Fox needs Wolf. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, don't where Wolf, Wolf is not back yet. He'll be DLC later. Yeah. R- really, if they're, not in the, if they're not in the base roster, there's always room for them to be DLC later. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and I think the Pikachu should get Mewtwo. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's fine. And uh, and also, I think each of these twelve should also get like any any like female protagonist that their franchise has. Yeah, has. like like Mario should get Peach and Bowser. Bowser. <laughs> uh, Link should get Zelda, obviously. Yeah, Zelda, but not Sheik. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I I think Sheik will be like one of the first DLC uh-huh. characters, right? Yeah, make him make him wait. Yeah. Um, well, as long as Zelda's in the base roster, I'm happy. <laughs> and, uh, Samus will get Ridley, but she won't get Zero Suit Samus. Okay. Um. I think, again, Zero Suit Samus could be a big DLC yeah, situation. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Um, so, so with that some sort of pre-established, I think we can move on to, like, characters from Melee, right? Okay. So, like, like, Bowser and Peach, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um... Zelda and Ganondorf. Yeah. Uh, 
I think Falco can come back. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think Falco would be good. Kind of separate him even even more from Fox a bit. Yeah. Maybe uh maybe give him more of an emphasis on aerial combos and stuff. That'd be cool. And uh, maybe he could have like for his uh, up special, like as he's shooting in- you into the air, he can kind of carry you with him you know yeah. and then from there continue into some other shenanigans that'd be neat yeah um marth mm-hmm. and mr game and watch yeah nice iconic um maybe ice climbers if we have room at the end of this okay 18 19 characters up to melee okay that means we're we're not including for now Sheik, dr mario pichu young link or Roy, which I think are all, you know, I I think the, those are all exclusions we can make for now. Yeah. Um. Then from Brawl, right? We already said Meta Knight would come back. Right. Um. I think Sakurai would bring Pit back. Sakurai would bring Pit back, <laughs> but maybe Sakurai's not here. Sure. Yeah. Could um, be. Either way, may, maybe Pit. Maybe bring Pit back. Yeah. Um. Wario, I think. Kind of deserves to come back. Well, you'd like Wario back. I'd I'd like Wario back. <laughs> I'd like Wario back too. <laughs> um, I don't think Snake. Yeah, I, I don't think Snake would come back. I don't think Pokemon Trainer would come back. Oh, interesting. Uh, Diddy would come back. Okay, yeah. Diddy would come back, and I think Ike would too. Like, kind of, kind of emphasize his his slow, strong swordsman archetype. Uh huh. Um, and make him even more of a of a buff daddy. I can, for, for uh for his like his smashing mode, right? I, I can handle that. Yeah. Sonic I'm, I'm sure he I, I never beat the Fire Emblem game that he's from, but I'm sure he like gets a holy sword or whatever. You uh, know, the, he he holds the uh the Falcon, right. I wanna say, or the the Ragnolive. Yeah, well whatever it is, you know, he can he can like get his relic weapon and then fuck shit up he he's already holding it in his smash model uh well you know they'll uh, he'll have an iron sword <laughs> <laughs> um uh sonic yeah uh king ddd mm-hmm. i think they'll save olimar for later okay uh but we will get lucario uh just because i think his play style is really unique sure and uh and they'll want to make it seem like they're not just bringing back gen one pokemon <laughs> right and uh and yeah, and maybe Rob again if we have, again, yeah, if we have room. I'm fine with erasing him from <laughs> from existence, from his, his history. Uh, but you know, if we wind up including him, that's fine. Yeah. So we had 19, maybe 20 with the ice climbers, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just say 19 for now. So uh, our additions would bring that up to 27, not including Rob. Okay. So that's that. That's hard. Yeah. We we we've already removed. Zero Suit Samus, uh, Pokemon Trainer, Lucas, <laughs> Olimar, Rob, Toon Link, and Wolf from the Brawl roster, and Snake. Right. Uh, th- those felt like some pretty big removals. Yeah. Um. So let's move on to Smash 4 and see how we Whew. can do. Okay, so Villager. I don't think Villager will come back. Okay. Because Isabel will come back instead ah. and have a hybrid of their movesets. I like that. Yeah. Mega Man should come back. Yeah. Uh, I'm fine with axing Rosalina and Luma. Yeah, I think Rosalina, Luma, Wii Fit Trainer, Greninja, the Mii Fighters, Palutena. Uh, we can we can axe all of them. Okay. Um, Little Mac is a maybe. Yeah. I feel like Ma- Little Mac I should would, be... I would love for him to come back. Yeah. Um, 
Mega Man and Pac-Man should come back. Yeah. Uh, I think Shulk should come back, especially because he's getting that, that Xenoblade uh-huh. Switch remaster. Sure. And he's got a great moveset. I think Robin, and kind of fast-forwarding a bit, Corrin mm-hmm. should both come back because oh, they're Fire Emblem characters with unique movesets. Okay. Bowser Jr. can stay off for now. <laughs> I like. I want to make sure we're still getting like some good retro reps in there. Yeah. So I'd yeah. want Duck Hunt to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third party characters I, I haven't mentioned, from from Smash Four can kind of stay home for now. Sure. Like Bayonetta. Yeah. Ryu, Cloud. I think they'll. I think they'll sit this one out at least at first. Okay. Um, so let's see, twenty seven characters. <laughs> From 64 to Brawl, and then we've got uh, six characters on top of that. So that's that's 33 characters. We're already a little over our quota. Right. Right? Um, so finally, from Ultimate, uh, we we said Ridley would come back already. Yeah. We said K. Rule would come back already. Yeah. Isabel and Inkling. Yeah, I was thinking Inkling as well. Yeah. And, and the rest of them, um, Simon... More like Byman. Simon Incineroar, um, and and all, all of the DLC fighters, Piranha Plant, Joker, Hero, Banjo Kazooie, and Terry. Yeah. I think if any of them stayed, it'd be Banjo. Yeah, same. Uh but let's say he doesn't because four characters is already uh is already thirty seven characters right. returning. Um <laughs> And then, like, and then why don't we say there's eight newcomers? Okay. Uh, to make that a, a starting roster of 45. All I right. Think, I think really respectable still. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, uh, and there are some big cuts there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, some of them that will come back as, like, reimagined DLC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, when Wolf comes back, he'll be even more different. When, uh, when Palatina comes back, she'll make sense. Um,. <laughs> But really, I, I like Palutena's ultimate moveset, actually. Mm-hmm. Her her default Smash 4 moveset... That was rough. Yeah, was really rough. Yeah, that was hard. But uh, but she's cool in ultimate. She is. Yeah. Um. Any any reimagining or, or smashing mode thoughts? Oh, let me uh, take a look here. You know, I, th- I think that generally, like, if you had characters who in Smash 4 had a final smash that involved them transitioning to another form, then, you can just bring those back. Yeah, right? just, like, just make uh, that their smashing mode, yeah. Yeah, like if Little Mac is coming back, he can become Big Mac or whatever that character is called. Yeah. You know, like the Sonic could be supersonic, like that kind of thing. Yeah, like I think Shulk can just like kind of activate the Monado. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and have his opponent run it like... His, <laughs> his opponent will be like 0. 0.75 speed, uh-huh. not quite so slow that it's a free KO, right? But like they're, but they're like a bit appreciably, yeah. yeah. But they're a bit slower and more sluggish. I like or, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a really stupid one in mind, which is that for Isabel's, she just gets promoted to mayor temporarily. <laughs> And, like, her moves become, like, like you do your down special, and instead of planting a bomb, she, like, builds a small house. Like, things like that. <laughs> the, she just starts, like, putting, like, furniture around. Like <laughs> right, yeah, it's exactly. like, I've, I've installed this, uh... <laughs> and then, like, a bunch of other villagers, like, gather around and, like, clap, <laughs> clap for, the, yeah, yeah. For, the, for the bench that The Animal Crossing up. clap? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, and, and the... If, 
if any of the claps like make contact with an opponent, it does like one percent damage per clap. Like, <laughs> one, 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 one. Yeah, uh, I think that uh, Mega Man could maybe like do kind of like like how Mega Man X gets like the white armor, you know? Oh, and then maybe get some properties with that. Like he gets another jump where he uses the jet boots. You know maybe, what I mean? Maybe he gets the gear system from Mega Man Eleven. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I yeah, this roster would be a game I'd play. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and. uh you know, we we weren't tasked to come up with new characters, but I think newcomers would include mm. an arms wrap. Yeah, and uh, if we don't get Astral Chain as DLC this time, then Astral Chain. Yeah, then Astral Chain for sure. Detective Jones or what? What, what are they? Howard? <laughs> Akira Howard. Akira Howard. Yeah. Yeah. Or Officer Howard. Right. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. That's th- that's our basics, obviously. Um. I think if we went really in depth, that would be its own podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, let alone its own episode. Yeah, <laughs> we could do a whole podcast about that. Just yeah, just that. That's that's our next podcast. A smashing just... imagination. <laughs> yeah, we just each episode we come up with a move set for a different hypothetical Smash right. Six character. Yeah, <laughs> considering that we made up our own system for it, I think that'd be <laughs> that'd be going in a little too deep. Maybe, but it would be fun. It would be. Any newcomer thoughts in that imaginary roster besides the ones you already said? Any other, any additionals? Um, kind of blanking right now, but pretty much like any character we predicted last episode that doesn't show up in the <laughs> DLC. Yeah. Like, uh, like, I think Byleth would be a good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first one that sprung to mind for me is Midna as a new Zelda. Of course it did. Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> she's perennially popular and she'd be really cool yeah but she's no she hasn't been relevant for like a decade mm, fuck you <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which we uh-huh. get to do a transition here okay uh oh by the way thank you very much barnacle man for your question yes. twice yeah obviously we really appreciated it because we spent some time on it so uh we got an email from brandon okay brandon says daniel and sean you probably addressed this in a previous episode, but what are your thoughts on a new Legend of Zelda rep uh, from Breath of the Wild? Ah, uh, I see. I know it doesn't make as much sense now that Nintendo has already moved on to the sequel, but I still think any of the other four champions would make decent characters. Hmm. Personally, I would love to see Urbosa in Smash. We've never had a female heavy before, and I think she could land somewhere between Ganon and Link with her moveset. Ah, uh, that'd be cool. Thanks for always keeping us entertained and filled in with details we didn't know we needed to know. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, Brandon. Um, Fun fact, Brandon, if you go back to our very first Zelda Predictions episode, uh, I actually uh, initially predicted that Urbosa would be added That's to Ultimate. right, yeah. yeah. So you and I are on the same wavelength. <laughs> I think Urbosa would be really great. Yes, yeah, I am. Um, and honestly, since... Since the new Zelda game does appear to be a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we did see uh, the champions in uh-huh. some aspect. Even though I could also see them not showing up due to the way some things happen sure. in Breath of the Wild. Uh, but I I think at least their legacies will be intact. Nice. So yeah, may- maybe the sequel will will make at least one champion kind of relevant enough that they could be added in the next smash that'd be neat um, i uh i did not play breath of the wild and i only watched daniel play a little bit of it 
but I'm assuming that there's a Goron with a big-ass hammer in it. Yes. That's the one that I want. <laughs> I know nothing else about this Goron. Yeah. Um. No, he's he's cool. Nice. I, I think also if you played the game, you'd really like Urbosa, Sean. Oh, I'm sure that I would. Yeah. I think um, you'd like all the champions. They're all cool characters. It is my ambition to one day play that game. The problem is it's a Nintendo first-party game that's hugely popular, so it's never going to go on sale. Correct. So <laughs> I really have to wait for a period of time where it's like, I can justify this. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Knowing you, you'll probably just buy the sequel with, while never playing <laughs> the first game. That doesn't sound In, like me at all. <laughs> infuriating me endlessly. <laughs> ah... <laughs> Anyway, thanks, Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. Mr. Cool Red Luigi asked us on our Patreon-exclusive Discord. uh, Wink, wink. Which you can also join for $5 a month, patreon.com slash group. Nudge, nudge. We have fun conversations, including this conversation, (laughs) or this question that Mr. Cool Red Luigi asked us. So, because Daniel went through a list of his most played 3DS games, it got me wondering... What are your top five most played Switch games? Well, what an interesting question, Mr. Cool Red Luigi. So we both went through kind of our, our most played uh, Switch games. Because of the weird way uh, that the Switch only kind of tells you how many hours you've played of the games you've played most recently, right. I I sorted my games by most play time and then played the top, like, I opened the top five and then closed them so they would pop up on my list again. Right. Uh, like, if if that workaround is even possible, I feel like Nintendo should just make it easier to find that shit out, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we each have our top five. What what order would you want to do this in? I was going to say, do you want to just do, like, you say one, I say one, you say one, I say yeah, one, and we sure. go up. So, my, uh, my fifth most played Switch game is Hollow Knight. At 25 hours or more. Nice. I played this for uh, for Play This <laughs> back when we were still doing that podcast. Uh-huh. And yeah, like I I almost beat the game. I got to the final boss and uh, could not beat him because I was kind of underpowered. Fair. And then, then I watched the ending so that we could record the episode. <laughs> but uh, but that game is really good. It's, it's cool. It's yeah. probably one of the best Metroidvanias out there. Nice. Yeah. My fifth most played game at 25 hours or more is Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. I also played this for Play This, and we never released the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it's right. It's still we, sitting on Daniel's computer. Yeah, we have like a th- just a three and a half hour recording. Yeah. of us of us mostly shitting on Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. It sucked. <laughs> And I should say of Sean mostly sitting on Pokemon Let's Go Because I'm the only one who fucking finished it. (laughs) Daniel and Amy Lee both gave up halfway through. And I gritted my teeth, bashed my head against my Switch until I was done (laughs) and beat the fucking Elite Four. Uh, That game sucked. (laughs) Spoiler fucking alert. If we ever release that goddamn episode. (laughs) Surprise. Fuck. <laughs> Daniel, what's your fourth most played game? Actually, you know what? Because because of the way this escalates, you should do your fourth and I should like <laughs> I should do my fourth after you. Okay. Yeah. Uh my fourth most played game is Fire Emblem Three Houses, which I have at thirty hours or more. Yeah. I haven't beaten it yet. Um I'm kinda right before the midway point, basically, yeah. if you will. But uh I'm really enjoying it. The only reason that I haven't kept playing it is that I'm at a point where, like, 
I know that the game is going to change a little bit and I have a bunch of side quests to do first. Basically. Uh, okay. And so yeah, fair. I just haven't had the motivation, especially with the new Monster Hunter being out uh, for the PS4 uh, to kind of go in and just do all of it. But I am enjoying it immensely. I think it's a great Fire Emblem game. You and your side quests, man. <laughs> the side quests are always what like hang you up like well only stupid ones <laughs> like uh i i think you're thinking of when i played xenoblade yeah which uh that game has a lot of side quests in it and they're all like vague and boring <laughs> like it's just they're just like mmo side quests like kill three goblins or whatever i mean there's no some, goblins in that game you know what i mean yeah some yeah so some of them are like yeah. i there were some side quests that i got really invested in that were really yeah cool. so, some of them are like some of them are more like Final Fantasy fourteen side quests where it's like you talk to this person, you do this thing, you come back and you talk to them and through text boxes the story advances. Yeah. But that's not my favorite way of experiencing storylines either. Sure. So anyway, what wound up having with Xenoblade is I, after a while I just stopped doing side quests. Yeah. So I was really frustrated with how the system worked. Um, and then I was like halfway through the game and Daniel was ahead of me and he texted me and told me that he discovered that the way that you unlock, because there's like skill trees in Xenoblade. Yeah. The way you unlock additional skill trees is by doing certain side quests. Yeah. And I got so discouraged because I wanted the skill trees, but I didn't want to go back and do all these side quests that I stopped playing the game. And right. I never beat Xenoblade. Yeah. Uh, I think in spite of that, that it's a excellent JRPG experience, I should say. Yeah. But yeah, side quests did end that run. They're not getting in my three houses run. That's okay. really, that's, you know, that's mostly Monster Hunter that's been eating away at my time there. All right. And it's really not, it's like literally, I just have to like wander around the school and do some shit and then I can move on. And I'm excited to do that. Nice. My uh, fourth most played game is, uh, and you'll start to notice a disparity in how much I play my <laughs> Switch and how much Sean plays his Switch yeah. here. Uh, is Octopath is... <laughs> is Octopath Traveler at 50 hours or more. Okay. Um cuz I I did I did play a lot of this game. Like I I really I I feel like I got kind of close to the end like uh like I I was on like kind of the last quest line for each character and then I finally got burned uh, out and I stopped. Okay. Um I I do like Octopath Traveler a lot, or mm -hmm. rather, rather I enjoyed my play of it a lot. Sure, I think it's one of those games where while you're playing it, it feels like one of the best games ever, <laughs> and then like you separate yourself from it a bit, and you're like, oh, well, that was fine. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I think I had the same experience. Yeah, like it's very addictive and it's very enjoyable in the moment, but uh, but I wouldn't even say it's one of my favorites, even with the amount of time that I put into it. I think that it's. I think Octopath Traveler is definitely one of those games where it kind of has the hallmarks of, like, an early console game, you know? Like, uh -huh. this is clearly one of the first games that came out for this console. Right. In that it's, like, they had this interesting and kind of bold idea, and they didn't execute on it as well as they could have. Yeah. But there's a certain freshness to the game in a lot of respects that makes you think, like, Oh, they really felt like they could try something here. Yeah, it does have that that crisp lettuce. Yes, and, and that exactly that, that, juicy that sausage. crisp, juicy lettuce sausage vibe. <laughs> yep, that's exactly yeah. what I was trying to articulate. Thank you. I, I knew it. What's what's your fourth most played? Uh, or my my third. Your yeah. third. Wait, no, because I did. Let's go, Eevee. Yes, yeah, your fifth. third. What's okay. your third? Uh, my funnily enough, my third most played game is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. No. Uh, uh, which I've played for 30 hours or more. 
you know well at this point my feelings about Smash Bros. <laughs> Ultimate because I have a podcast about it that uh-huh. I do with my friend Daniel. Uh-huh. Uh, but suffice it to say that um, I like that game a lot. I think it's the best Smash game that's come out so far. And I'm looking forward to how it continues to grow and uh, what the franchise has in store for us in the future. Yeah. No, it's a good game. Yeah. Uh, as we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little more shortly. But first, <laughs> my third most played game is Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. At 80 hours or more, um, I, I played a whole lot of this game. I, I did very many side quests. I didn't quite <laughs> 100% it, but I did a bunch of fun optional stuff and I, I really did a lot of exploring in that game and it was really satisfying and fun. Nice. I never got the uh I I can't remember whether or not I bothered to get the expansion pass, but whether or not I did, I did not play the expansion pass content. I okay. did not uh right. I did not play through the you didn't do the, the challenge st- trials yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, didn't do the challenge trials, didn't do the story DLC. I uh, never experienced any of that. Okay. Um, but uh but that was, it's it's a good ass Zelda game. It's probably in my top three. Uh, the original Game Boy version of Link's Awakening is mm-hmm. probably still my favorite. Uh, but it's but Breath of the Wild is quality. I had a good time with it. Nice. What's what's your number two? Uh, my number two, uh, once again at thirty hours or more. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have a lot of games in that category. Is uh, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. This is easily the lowest amount of hours that I've played a Monster Hunter game. Yeah, yeah. Not because I didn't like it. I liked it a lot because it was kind of DOA. Like, it came out, it was already not being played as much as uh, Monster Hunter World was being played. Right. Uh, And then on top of that, people kind of did what they wanted to do in it and then left right away. Uh Uh-huh. And I... uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Monster Hunter single player experience. Like it's really a game that I like to play with other people. Yeah. Uh for the most part. So I just I didn't play it. I didn't mind up playing it a lot. But I'm <laughs> I'm glad that I bought it and I'm glad that I got to experience the upgrades from the original Monster Hunter Generations for the 3DS. I, I love 30 hours. Is I didn't end up playing it that much for Sean Francis. <laughs> well, I, well, particularly with Monster Hunter, that's compared to like 400 hours of Monster Hunter for you, right. which is easily the most I've played a Monster Hunter game. Yeah, fair. Uh, so, so, yeah. My number two is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate <laughs> with 85 hours or more. Uh, yeah, I suffice to say I've played this game a lot, partially for the podcast and partially... Because it's a really fucking fun game. Yeah. I think it's definitely my favorite Smash. Yeah, and I, I take it that most of those hours were probably you doing the uh, World of Light campaign. Yeah, like I I did get the good ending of World of Light on my first try. Yeah. Um, And I... That was almost a 100% run. I got one answer wrong on the quiz uh, segment of World of Light, and uh, and that fucked my whole save file. That sucks. Uh, but yeah, I I like Ultimate a lot, and and I think their DLC strategy is really great, because every time a new DLC character comes out, a new DLC pack comes out, I end up racking up another 5 to 10 hours on it. <laughs> so, like, it will be, I think, by the end of the Switch's lifespan and the end of Ultimate's lifespan, it will be my most played game. Yeah. By like a wide margin. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, right now it's number two. Okay. What's your number one, baby? <laughs> Octopath Traveler. Yeah. Uh, with 35 hours or more. Uh, I didn't get as far as Daniel did uh, because I think that 
I became disenchanted with the game and its structure a little bit more quickly. Yeah. And then funnily enough, I went back to it and kind of got back into it for a while. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I just think that altogether, um, you know, first of all, this isn't something that the game promises you, but I went into it with the expectation that the eight stories would kind of be meshed together in a fun and organic way. Yeah. And they're really not. They they feel like eight separate stories. Yeah. And then also I'm stuck on a really hard boss. <laughs> really hard. Like like compared to the other chapter bosses that I'm doing at the same time, uh-huh. it's the difficulty spike is outrageous. It's like two mages. Oh. Yeah, that fucking thing and like uh, they immediately like lock out their weaknesses, and the only way to unlock them is by killing one of them. And they're just shitting on you the entire time that you're trying to do that. I know that boss fight. I don't know if I had that much trouble with it. It's awful for me. I think partially because I... my whole setup is that I have um Cyril, the scholar guy. Uh-huh. Uh, he does all of my damage. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and the first thing they do is like first of all we're mages so like our magic resist or whatever is probably pretty good and then also we're locking out our elemental weaknesses right and so i just can't do what i need to do to defeat them without like completely restructuring my party yeah i i think by the time i got there most of my party was over leveled compared to my okay. class yeah so that's I- that's part of the problem too is that i was playing it in a really obtuse way that meant that my party was quite under leveled right and so now they're slightly over leveled but not so much that this boss isn't kicking my ass okay but yeah i uh yeah, you know, I, I like I like it. I like Octopath Travel altogether. I think really the best part of the game is its soundtrack. It has an outrageously good soundtrack. It's fucking great. Yeah, like sometimes soundtrack. I just listen to it, which is not I like. Generally, I don't like listen. You know, just like all the time to video game soundtracks. Like yeah. if I'm like bored with the music in an MMO, I'll put on a video game soundtrack instead. Okay, but Octopath Traveler, like. I'm on the train, I'm listening to Battle Theme 3, you better believe it. <laughs> it's got a good soundtrack. Good soundtrack. Uh, what's your number one? My number one is Xenoblade Chronicles 2, nice. with 90 hours or more played. Alright. Uh, I approached 100 hours with this thing, and I don't <laughs> think I was even very close to the end of the game yet. Right. Uh, that game is just very long, there's yeah. a whole lot to do, um... And if you really want to take advantage of all the systems in it, you're going to play that game forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I did finally get, like, I got overwhelmed by, like, everything. There's so much to do in that <laughs> game. Uh, and I, I dropped it for a bit. And now so much time has passed that I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know the first thing to pick back up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So, like, God, I might have to start the game over. And I'm going to wait, like, five years to do it. That's fair. Uh, but, uh, but it was a, a really cool competent jrpg that that uh that has a lot of what i loved about the first scene of blade mm-hmm. in it and the battle system's really cool and there's a lot of cool character progression stuff that's a lot of fun the side quests are both like a bit more substantial and much easier to track now oh that's good and i'm kind of hoping they add that feature to xenoblade chronicles uh definitive mm-hmm. yeah it's it's funny it's it's not my favorite Switch game, but it is the one I've played the most. Right. My favorite Switch game might be Ultimate TBH. That's fair. Yeah. 
and your favorite is Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Oh, I love it so much that I beat it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Mystical Red Luigi. Yes, thank you. That was a cool red question. Yeah, for supporting us, for asking us that question, and supporting us on our Patreon. Yes, which you can do too. Dot com slash beat boop group. Person who's listening to me speak right now. Uh, anyway, <laughs> next up. Unsaxon51 on Twitter says, I really like Sean's theory last episode about the behind-the-scenes plot twist for Sword and Shield. (laughs) If the new sound type exists and the legendary causes tectonic disturbances, would that make it a sound ground Pokemon? (laughs) I like the rhyming there. Yeah, sound ground. That'd be a cool type combo. I can go for that. I I really like that type combo. I, I think it would. I I I I subscribe to that. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Unsaxon Fifty One. I'll just take that and add it on to my theory. Kachink. <laughs> thanks, Unsaxon Fifty One. Yes, thank you. Garrett D on Facebook says some questions for the next episode. Who's your favorite character that you don't want as a playable <laughs> character? Right now, I think for me, it would be Madeline from Celeste. I honestly can't think of a single way they could make her work even as an assist trophy. Also, what are some characters you think have no shot at the game, regardless of their RPM triangle qualities? Hmm. For example, I think a Mortal Kombat rep has no chance (laughs) due to the limited releases in Japan. Okay. Uh, Good questions, Garrett. Yeah, those are interesting. Those are real brain teasers. Yeah, so my favorite character that I don't want is a playable character. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, would be Dan Hibiki from Street Fighter. Uh, <laughs> from Street Fighter. Okay. Um, Dan is one of my favorite characters of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think that if he was in Smash, they would make him play like Ryu, but worse. And that's not what I want. Right. Um. Once I actually did kind of theory craft a Smash move set for Dan, <laughs> and basically, um, his normals would be like Ryu's normals, but worse. Mm-hmm. Right. His neutral B would be. The Hadoken, but worse. Sure. His up B would be the Shoryuken, but worse. Uh-huh. Uh, his side B would be Dan's, like, kind of... Oh, the triple kick? Yeah, his triple kick yeah. thing. Uh, and his down B would be him taunting. Right? <laughs> right. Uh, whenever he taunts, mm-hmm. he has a meter above his, his head. Okay. Ab- above, like, his life bar uh, that, that fills up, right? Sure. When the meter fills up all the way... Uh, a passive ability called Help Me Jimmy activates <laughs> and Blanca jumps onto the screen. Oh, that's cute. Uh, so then that meter starts to drain, but as long as the meter's draining, Dan and Blanca fight on the screen in tandem uh, <laughs> with Blanca boosting all of Dan's normals, uh-huh. like extending the range of them, making them stronger, and all of uh, all of Dan's B moves change his neutral B turns to Blanca hunching over Dan and and doing the electrocution <laughs> thing. Uh-huh. Um, the uh, his side B is Blanca doing his spinning ball thing forward and Dan like hitching a ride onto that. His up B is Blanca like fastball specialing Dan upwards, <laughs> like Dan like doing like a weak little shore you can upwards and then like Blanca grabbing onto his hands and flinging him up, like Dan like flailing his arms as he flies into the air. That's cute. Um. Uh, if Blanca does this, like, while Dan is off the stage, Blanca will then fall to his death, like, as Dan 
get sh- get shot upwards. It's like a Blanca sacrifice move. Okay, it kind of ends the the Blanca team up. Sure, but that uh, that's that was a move set that I had to come up with. For, that's good for Dan and Smash, right? And if that happened, I would love it. But since I don't think even Sakurai would come up with that, <laughs> I, I don't want Dan in the game. That's fair. What's what's your favorite character you don't want as a playable character? Uh, so my favorite character, and this is one of my favorite characters in video games that I don't want playable, would be Barry Burton from Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I don't want him playable because I really like him just because I think that his story arc in resident evil particularly in the resident evil remake is just kind of very touching right um but he is at the end of the day just like a dad with a gun (laughs) and i don't think that you know unless you really did something like kind of like how in in marvel versus capcom 2 jill can like summon a zombie Uh unless you kind of went that route i think it would be difficult to make him a character with an interesting moveset right so you know I love me some Barry. I just don't think that he'd be a good fit for Smash. Nice. And characters that we think are high on the RPM triangle but have no chance to be in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the Mortal Kombat comment was good. Yeah. Just because, yeah, like almost no play in Japan. And also they're so themed around violence. Yes. That, you know, that would be quite difficult to justify. Yeah. I also think that that while Master Chief kind of hits uh-huh. hits all those points, he's you know he's relevant, he's popular. Uh, his moves have potential to be pretty good. Yeah, or just ride a warthog onto the stage. Sure. Uh, I think next to more Nintendo adjacent Microsoft properties like Banjo and Minecraft, yeah, his, his chances are kind of zilch. Yeah, no, I thought of Master Chief, and then also like I think that there's there's a lot of characters that like technically you know kind of have the rpm going for them but you would never see them like another one that i thought of like you could just name off like uh 2b for instance right, right. from like near automata like she's relevant she's popular she's got lots of moves of potential i just don't see her ever being in smash yeah especially because she doesn't have a game on the switch right now oh here's a character that has those three qualities mm-hmm. is on the switch they will never be. They will never be a Smash character. Okay, and that is any Senron Kagura character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just the too, too much. Yeah, like, like at least with Bayonetta, her her sex appeal was not her only character quality. Yeah, you could you could kind of you could kind of focus on other aspects of her when implementing her moveset into the game. Yeah, Senron exactly. Kagura. That's kind of that's kind of all of it. That's that's kind of the whole point of Senron Kagura. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and Smash Bros. needs to stay T-rated, so, yeah, so that's my answer. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Kind, kind, kind of kind of adjacent to the Mortal Kombat thing, just, yeah. just a different, just a different reason there's, that... There's just too much excess in one morally ambiguous direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Cool, yeah, excellent questions, Garrett. Yes, thank you. We got an email from Jables. Okay. Jable says, hey guys, congrats on hitting 50 episodes. I am a day one fan of this podcast, and I love listening to you two talk while I'm walking or driving somewhere. I hope y'all continue to create episodes for a long time, and I was excited that the Smash part of this podcast won't be over for an indefinite period with the more DLC characters announcement from the last Direct. (laughs) Question one, Sean, what software did you use to create the special thanks background music? (laughs) 
I love that little tune and would love to know your process behind creating it as well as the software you used. Uh, question two, this is personal, so you don't have to answer it or read it on the podcast. Uh, but what do you two do for a living? I know Sean said he has been a substitute teacher, but I'm curious as to what both of you do as a career. Anyway, thank you for reading and thank you for the many, many hours of entertainment you have provided me. You guys are wonderful and I look forward to each episode. Best, Jables. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you, Jables. That's a, I, I'm very touched by your, uh, your submission and your questions and i really appreciate it yeah yeah like same like thanks for sticking with us for so long that actually means a lot yeah um sean what software did you use to create the special thanks background music this is such a fun question (laughs) um so i use a couple of different pieces of software that you kind of have to put together uh but the digital audio workstation that I use is called Reaper. Right. And that's a program that's similar to programs like Cubase and FL Studio and Ableton. Like kind of, it's just like software that you can use to write music and you can kind of plug other things in in order to make that happen. Cool. Uh, I forget what the drum kit is called, but the synthesizer, the software synthesizer that I use is called um, TAL Noisemaker. Hmm. And uh, it is free um and quite basic but it lets you kind of like you know there are if you know anything about synthesizers there are like knobs you can adjust and envelopes and things that you can kind of make your own synthy noises if you play around a little bit i wrote that song over a period of like probably 30 minutes because daniel (laughs) just said like hey can you write a special thanks song and i just kind of dashed it off but i've grown quite fond of it as well and uh i guess the the process was really just that I uh, kind of sat down and I wanted to do something simple but catchy and that we could talk over and it wouldn't be distracting. Yeah. Uh, so I essentially have kind of like, I have a higher register synth where I do the chords. I have a bass synth that just does the bass. And then I have the drum kit and those are the only three instruments in the song. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think you you executed that goal really well. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and it's also one that I'm very fond of. I'm glad. Uh, so what uh, what do you do for a living, Sean? I am in my kind of daily life uh, an office manager for a very small family owned and operated company that has an office in a nice quiet part of Chicago. Uh, my employer prefers that I not talk about you know, kind of the company or its practices in public forums like this. Right. But suffice it to say that I'm very happy with my job. There's like literally five people that work in the office on a day-to-day basis. Uh, It's very, very nice, very relaxing. And the workload is like not stressful at all. Yeah. And after my uh, career in education, which was stressful Every day, <laughs> I am very appreciative of the company that I work for now and the opportunity to do, you know, work that better suits my personality. Yeah, I've been doing a pretty standard, uh, like retail, food service, and customer service jobs for like the past decade and a half. Like I've worked at hotels and I've worked at restaurants and stuff. Right. Um, and you know, that's basically how I I bring home the dough. Um, <laughs> Speaking of the dough. <laughs> uh, if you subscribe to our uh, pod, our, our Patreon, you can listen to a podcast episode where Daniel talks about 
literally being a guy who mills flour for baking bread for a living <laughs> that was my weirdest job yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's a really interesting story yeah um <laughs> no nah, yeah I've, I've i've basically worked a bunch of odd jobs um as far as careers go i i've been trying to make this the career yes uh because it's it's something i really love doing and uh he's really god the amount of hours that daniel puts into not just this podcast but the beat boop group and all these projects it's really astonishing yeah um, and he does a really good job oh thank you sean <laughs> but uh but yeah it's it's something that like i that even with all the hours i put into it isn't a chore for me so like i've been i've been working really hard on on being able to on getting getting better at like editing and 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 recording and stuff and kind of building that skill set so i can make enough money off of it that i don't have to keep doing the the odd jobs which right. can be fun sometimes but also uh also can not be very fulfilling sure so yeah on on that note everyone that does support us on the patreon helps <laughs> helps me towards that and yes. i i love and appreciate all of you for that reason and many more we we really appreciate your support yeah yeah, but thanks, Jables. Good stuff. And yes. thank thank you for listening for so dang long. Yes, we really appreciate uh your listenership. Is that a <laughs> that's, word? That's the word. Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> I don't think that's a real word. Your listenership. <laughs> <laughs> Email from Anthony S. Hey guys, congrats on episode fifty. It's a huge accomplishment and testament to why you guys should continue a smashing theory for all of eternity. But hey, <laughs> that's just my opinion. If you guys are keeping, oh, I know you guys are keeping your new project on the DL, but I'm hoping it's Nintendo related either way. <laughs> uh, thanks, Anthony. Here's a little nugget. It's not Nintendo related. It's oh. it's nerdy. Oh God, it's so nerdy. It's incredibly nerdy. Yeah. Um. But uh, but it's actually not really directly video game related, so it's it's a it's kind of a, a coin toss on how much overlap we're gonna have. Uh, but I feel like a lot of people that are into Smash will be into the subject that we're tackling in our next podcast. Yes, agreed. Um, but even in, even if it's something you're not into, we are we will keep Smashing Theory going in some capacity. So yes. Um, so Anthony goes on to say, my first choice for the episode is to hear you guys narrate the entire show in your Ron Weasley voices. <laughs> but since that probably won't happen here, a couple predictions I'd like to hear you guys discuss below. So, so he's right. Maybe we shouldn't do that for a whole episode. Uh, I guess not, Anthony. <laughs> uh, you know, Anthony, but, uh, Hermione, same number of syllables. But hey, mate, what if we just read the questions it's a good name in, in, in anthony. the yeah anthony yeah maybe, maybe we could just read his questions yeah, all, yeah. Right, all, all right, right all right yeah. yeah all right all right so uh <laughs> what do you think the 2020 zelda game is do you think mario odyssey <laughs> will get a sequel like breath of the wild <laughs> uh happy christmas <laughs> do, <laughs> do you think star fox is common to switch in the foreseeable future uh, lastly, how are you guys liking Link's Awakening? I actually, mate, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> However, I think Nintendo overpriced this one by a bit. As a thank you for 50 great episodes, 
I won't send Daniel a tweet. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony S. What interesting questions, Ron. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so, Ari, I'm, I mean, Sean, uh, by 2020 Zelda game, <clears throat> I can't, I can't keep this up, I'm sorry. <laughs> by 2020 Zelda game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by 2020 Zelda game, I, uh, I think maybe he's asking, like, assuming. Yeah, I'm sorry. Could you just repeat the question? I was so distracted by your Ron (laughs) voice. So the first question is, what do you think the 2020 Zelda game is? Okay. So I think by that, maybe he's assuming that uh, Breath of the Wild 2 will be like 2021. Mm. And that that Zelda's gotten the game every year. I see. Um, So, like, what do we think will be the Zelda game for 2020? Um, hmm. I think it's possible that we just get Breath of the Wild 2, like, near the end of 2020. Yeah. If they're really hustling on that. Sure. I also think another remake is possible. Okay. Like, Zelda Skyward Sword HD. Sure, sure. I think that in 2020 or 2021 is is pretty possible. I'd go for that. Um, also, I don't think we'll be getting these in 2020... But I'd love if Link's Awakening did well enough that we got Oracle of Seasons slash Ages. Man, that'd be so great. Yeah. I put a lot of time into Oracle of Seasons when I was a kid. Yeah. That game is so cool and so weird. Yeah. I'd really love to see them take another crack at that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, Also, uh, Hyrule Warriors 2 would be cool. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, we, we both played Hyrule Warriors one quite a bit for the Wii U. Yeah. For the Wii U. Yeah. Like, yeah. One, one of the things that bums me out is that like the asynchronous, like the, the one person playing on their gamepad and the other person mm-hmm. using the TV. God, that was such an amazing feature of the yeah. Wii U. Uh, on the switch, that multiplayer is now just split screen. Yeah. You can't even, I don't think you can even play like both on separate switches. Oh, that's I I don't wow. think that's the case. Yeah. Okay. If I'm wrong about that, I'm gonna get Hero Warriors Definitive Edition. <laughs> but even if that's the case, I bet it's uh you both need copies of the game kind of thing. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, those are some thoughts. I almost want to say that we'll be getting, you know, Switch Zelda two around the end of 2020, but I could see that not happening. Also. Yeah. The second question is, do you think Mario Odyssey will get a sequel like Breath of the Wild? Right. Uh, that's a really good question. I think it's possible. I do think there will be, like, a new mainline Mario game on the Switch. Yeah. I could see them kind of doing a Super Mario Galaxy 2, where a lot of that Odyssey gameplay is still there, mm-hmm. but it focuses more on the gameplay than the story. Sure. Um, yeah, that's what I think. Uh, third question is, do you think Star Fox is coming to the Switch in the foreseeable future? Um, I think yes. Okay. I good. think yes. Uh, and it will be developed by the Starlink team. Yeah, I would love that. By the end of the Switch's lifespan. Cool. And lastly, how are you guys liking Link's Awakening? Uh, Anthony's enjoying it, but he thinks that Nintendo overpriced this one by a bit. Right. I think that's fair, and I, I guess I could probably agree because since because it's sixty dollars. <laughs> I I haven't gone around to buying it myself yet. Right. Even though the original is my favorite game of all time. Yeah. Um. Well, not my favorite game of all time, but it's in my top five. Yeah, I was gonna say it's easily up there. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to play Link's Awakening. Um. But right now I'm kind of like I have like a certain amount of like gaming funds for the next couple months. Uh huh. And like 
I'm moving things around to where I think I can put enough aside uh, for Link's Awakening, but I'm waiting for a couple other games to come out because, sure. like, if an October game comes out as like, this is a 10 out of 10, then maybe I'll get that yeah. instead of replaying a game that I've played before. That makes sense. Yeah, I will get to Link's Awakening eventually. Soon, like, sooner or later, I will play Link's Awakening on the Switch. Yeah. Um, I won't. I'm not getting it myself. Yeah. Um, I, I'm satisfied with just kind of watching Daniel enjoy it whenever he gets it. Yeah. Uh, I liked the original Link's Awakening, you know, well enough. Yeah. But it's, it is not one of my all-time favorite games, and I just don't have that same kind of emotional resonance where I feel as though I've got to pick it up. Right, yeah. Like, I, uh, yeah, I... I don't necessarily think that it wouldn't be worth sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. I think that it would, but I get why there's definitely some people that f- that think it doesn't feel like a sixty dollar game. Sure, you know, like the the kind of that kind of top down look. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see why people would think it's kind of a low budget experience, but you can also at the same time kind of tell that Nintendo has put a lot into it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, if if you the one playing it thinks that thinks that it feels a little overpriced, then I, I do kind of trust your judgment there, Anthony. Fair. Still looking forward to it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Anthony. Good questions. Thank you, Anthony. And thanks for thanks for sending us, like, so many questions, like, and for <laughs> being with us for so long. Yeah. Thanks for the 50s. Woo! All right, Sean, are you ready for another big question? Let's go for it. All right. Quinn R. says, Hey, Daniel and Sean. First of all, congrats on the 50-episode mark. This is by far one of my favorite podcasts, and I know that I'll love any project you two decide to do in the future. From the past 50 episodes, one of my favorite bits has been your creation of the Smash Bros. Cinematic Universe. (laughs) Listening to you guys brainstorm ideas for movies and origin stories was hilarious and really interesting. One of your theories about Smash in general is that the next game will be a reboot of the series when a lot of characters are cut from the roster. Can you try to come up with some crazy twists in the Smash Bros. Cinematic Universe that might explain a massive cut of characters? <laughs> or even just come up with some more details surrounding the universe you have created? Sorry for the long email. That's not that long. Yeah, no. And I know this episode is probably going to be super long, so if you can't discuss this prop, that's totally fair. I just really want to hear you two revisit this classic bit. Just like our own version of the snap, like why have half the Smash Bros. <laughs> characters vanished? Best wishes, Quinn Art. And here's the thing, uh, Quinn. I think, I think this is a very good thing to tackle, but I think you're tackling it from the wrong direction. Hmm. Uh, the existence of the Smash Bros. cinematic universe itself is what explains the roster being cut down. <laughs> Uh-huh. Because these these movies kind of like, you know, kind of just have the essentials from each universe, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh like the Mario movie isn't gonna have Rosalina and it. it's not gonna have Bowser Jr. Right. Right? It's just gonna have like Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Bowser. I see. So uh so the the team working on the new Smash game will just be like, Well, yeah, we wanted we wanted to pare things down <laughs> to characters that people would be familiar with uh-huh. after watching some movies in the Smash Bros. Cinematic Universe. I see. That's just kind of like how like all the all the Marvel games, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like how uh, Marvel's Capcom Infinite 
is right. kind of like uh is kind of like the just a roster of marvel characters from the mcu yeah that's that's what they what do for mutants yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's 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 just what they do for uh for the smash reboot uh-huh. they they just uh mostly use smash Bros. cinematic universe characters and sometimes like slip uh duck hunt in there when they can <laughs> duck hunt specifically yeah, duck yeah. Hunt. okay yeah so uh so some ways we can flesh out the smash Bros. cinematic universe uh-huh right um we we kind of left some things kind of vague before sure and there are some decisions we made that i wasn't super satisfied with right okay. uh so first off uh we decided that mario would be played by jonah hill <laughs> and <laughs> right. uh and luigi would be played by john mulaney yeah right <laughs> i think john mulaney's still perfect okay i think we're keeping that yeah but I, I thought of I thought of a really good pick for Mario, actually. Okay. Um, the the only thing is he might be a little old, but I think he's in that age range where it works. Okay. So Mario should be played by Joe Lotruglio. <laughs> Boyle. That is awesome. From Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's actually genius. Isn't that perfect? Yeah. That's like first really of all, good. he's Italian as hell. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the name like Lotruglio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like he's yeah like. He's he's legit Italian. I think I think he's actually like half Italian. Okay, but like still, yeah, right. Um, and you know he he played uh he played Al Capone in that Drunk History. Oh, that's so funny. He's really good at <laughs> I that. I want to be Scrooge. <laughs> uh, if, if you haven't seen the Al Capone sketch from Drunk History, it's it's, it's pretty it's good. Very funny. The narrator's really funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I think Will Sasso's there. Um. It's like one of the henchmen. I think so. But uh, but yeah, I think Joe Latrugio would be great Mario, and I think his dynamic with John Mulaney would oh, also yes. be really good. Yeah, they feel much more like brothers, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that would really work. I was trying to think of a good Peach, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we never really landed on a Peach. Mm, yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, because, like, I think, like, a blonde. Yeah. Right? That's not, like, that's not too, like hollywoody you know yeah because i don't yeah. think pete should be like she's not like a bombshell you right know? yeah right like she... you're not throwing scar joe in there as peach for many reasons yeah specifically for the aesthetics yeah like i i think like pete should be a cast as someone with like kind of a girl next door vibe right yeah and like and i i'm not super committed to this because like I think the girl also shouldn't have too much of an age difference from Joe, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And this this one will be a bit of an age gap. Uh-huh. But like in a vacuum, uh, I think maybe Ivana Lynch. Oh yeah. As Peach, right? Yeah. Especially uh-huh. because she's also enough of a of a nerd <laughs> to love getting that role. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I I think she's like. Is she, like, in her 30s at this point? Ooh, I think she's in her... Tw- well, let's find out. Yeah. I just typed Ivana lunch. <laughs> That's where you're going. <laughs> going to Ivana lunch. She's 28. 28. Okay. And I think Joe Lotrigi is in his 30s. So, like, that's that's a, that's an age gap I'm not comfortable with, but Hollywood would be. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Oh, yeah. He's, he's like, almost 50. Oh. Yeah. So, don't cast both of those. Right. But definitely cast one, or one the of other. those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so first of all i've always thought that one of these days it'd be fun to just like kind of plan out the whole smash bros cinematic universe oh, absolutely right we've thought about like maybe doing it as like a mini series at some point yeah um but I, I i forget exactly how we ended um 
how he decided to end the first Smash Bros. movie. Right. right. Like, I, I think, uh, I, I know I've had this idea at some point. I forget if I said it on the pod. Okay. Uh, but here's here's some polishing of, of what I'd want, like, the kind of villain to be, right? We decided sure. that Bowser would be the main villain yeah. for basically the whole thing. Um, but I think, as kind of a side villain, right? Uh-huh. While while Samus and Kirby are in space, sure. uh, they bump into Master Hand, right? Okay, yeah. They, they don't know the scope of what Master Hand's deal is, but they bump into Master Hand, and Master Hand follows them to Earth. Oh, right? interesting. Okay. Um... So like they're they're fighting Bowser on Earth and Master Hand crashes the party and they all beat Master Hand and maybe Bowser at the same time. Okay. Right? Yeah. Then while they're doing cleanup, both Bowser and Master Hand disappear. Okay. Bowser is dragging Master Hand's like <laughs> unconscious hand, hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh back to Mushroom Kingdom with him. Okay. And then he is absent for the next Mario Bros. movie that happens in phase two. Okay. Right? Uh, like Mario go goes to fight Wart or something, right? Or Wario. Wario is the villain of the second Mario Bros. movie. There you go. And Bowser's not present. Okay. Uh, then in the Phase Two Smash Bros. movie, mm-hmm. Super Smash Bros. Melee, right? Of course. Uh, they reveal that Bowser has been in his castle. Actually, this sorry, this is the post credits. Yeah, I was gonna say post credits of the second Mario Bros. movie. Yeah, they reveal that Bowser's been in his castle, draining Master Hand's energy. And drawing it into himself. Okay. And he surfaces in Smash Bros. Melee as Giga, as Giga Bowser. Bowser, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, some other, uh, another cast thing I thought of, uh, Hank Falcon, uh-huh. right? Our, our character that becomes <laughs> Captain Falcon. Yeah. After he leaves with Samus and goes into space. Uh-huh. And then, like, during the second Metroid movie, uh, he, like, splits off from her and joins, like, a racing thing in space. Yeah. Yeah, he joins the F-Zero circuit. Good, That's, good. Uh, kind of like how Planet Hulk was a side story in Thor Ragnarok. Uh-huh. F-Zero will be a side story in Metroid 2. <laughs> I like that. Um, he will be played by Adam Scott. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, really great. Yeah, like Adam Scott with maybe like, maybe he's he's gained like a Chris Pratt amount of muscle. Sure. Right? Which I'd hate to do to him, actually. So let's just say he's regular <laughs> as Adam Scott. Okay. Yeah. They could CGI, you know? Yeah. Right? Like, I, I think like, yeah, I think like he, he only needs to be like 10% more buff, really. Right. And then like, and then that could work. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think he'd, he'd be a good mix of like funny and charming for that role, you know? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um. And Adam Scott is uh is Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec. If, right. If uh the boy mayor. The boy mayor. <laughs> the, those are my general thoughts for some for some melee setup. Nice. I'm uh I'm glad that you didn't change my favorite contribution to the <laughs> Smash Cinematic Universe, which is that the members of Star Fox are the size of the animals <laughs> that they are. <laughs> And that is revealed when they show up to fight alongside I'm, our heroes. I'm not going to tackle that. I'm not going to unwrap that bomb yet. Yeah, you got to leave it wrapped like a Christmas present that opens during the first Smash Bros. movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, thank, thanks, Quinn. Yes. And any excuse to talk about the Smash Cinematic Universe is a good one, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did... Did you have anything you wanted to add or flesh out before we continued? Uh, what did we decide to do with Link again? Is he just alternate dimension? He, Link, so Hyrule, is yeah. in, in the Smash Bros. Cinematic Universe setting, yeah. is past Earth. 
Oh, okay, right, right, it's, right. It's like yeah, it's it's like the high fantasy past of of Earth. Uh huh. Like, like at the end of at the end of the Legend of Zelda movie, he goes to put the Master Sword back into the sheath and ends up traveling forward in time right. to the present day where he bumps into all of us. Okay, because I was just thinking that you know you could obviously do kind of a distinctly you know Hillean adventure. Uh, in mm. the Zelda film, uh-huh. uh huh. But then, because I think that it would be fun to kind of celebrate the heritage of Zelda in that, like, you know, each game, like, you don't know if you're playing like descendants of Link and Zelda or if it's a different whatever. Right. It would be neat if we did almost kind of a uh, Captain America thing, uh-huh. where like Link is initially adjusting to kind of just modern Earth. Uh-huh. And then he sees who he thinks is Zelda, but it's actually like Zelda's descendant, and she's some kind of magical girl. Oh. Like she can use the power of the Triforce of Wisdom to kind of transform into a more Zelda-like form that she uses to fight. Wow, that that like that differentiates things so much that I'm sure that like they'd bring the script to Nintendo and they'd be like, oh no, 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 no. What is this? <laughs> well, you know, we're breaking the rules in a couple different ways, so I'm gonna go for it. <laughs> That'll be my next contribution. <laughs> you have to like that better than the Star Fox one. I mean, <laughs> that even if I do, that doesn't mean a lot. <laughs> I just want, like, all I want is, you know, you, like, watch the Smash Bros. trailer. It's uh-huh. completely awesome. And then it, like, shows the Smash Bros. blah, blah, blah. And then the kind of, like, post-trailer kind of, like, you know, last moment thing that they show uh-huh. is you see this incredible space battle. And then Fox's <laughs> ship just, like, goes toward Bowser's face. And Bowser's face just gets, like, really huge. Like, way too big. And you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? And then he just swats the ship out of the way and it, like, lands next to a soda can. And you're like, oh my god. <laughs> This is what they're doing. Coming 20XX. That's what I want out of... That is why I'm interested in the Smash Bros. Cinematic Universe. So that that moment can happen. Uh, <laughs> I I do think, going back to your Zelda thing... Yeah. They can at least do a thing where, yeah, Zelda, uh, Link comes into the present day. He thinks someone is Zelda and it is her descendant. Played by the same actress that uh-huh. played Zelda in the original movie. Yeah. But, like, instead of being a superhero, because even <laughs> though we're kind of riffing off of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this isn't a superhero universe. Yeah. Um, she just, like, she does manifest her magic powers, like, during the conflict. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, yeah, yeah that works for me. But she doesn't, like, look like Sailor Moon. <laughs> That's not where I was going with oh. it necessarily. Well, you said, yeah, you said Magical Girl, so I just thought Sailor Moon from that point forward. That's not unfair. Yeah. Um, I just meant more in the sense that, like, she's kind of transforming, gaining powers. Yeah, I, I, I'd I, say no transformation. Okay. Uh, And for, like, 90% of the movie, she's like, oh, what? I'm just a normal girl <laughs> uh, right. that happens to be named Zelda. Yeah. Right? And then, like... uh. And then, like, Link's getting his ass kicked by Bowser at some point, and she's like, stop! And she right. puts her hand forward and, like... Just nails him with Din's fire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like, knocks Bowser into a building. Uh, which is kind of similar to our nest twist, actually, so we'll have to figure out how to make both of those feel different. Right. Um, but whatever. Magical girl, psychic boy, they'll feel different. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Just oh, do it. Just no. do it. Magical girl, eh? Girl that is magic. Mm-hmm. Boy that is psychic. Girl. <laughs> 
<laughs> thanks, Quinn. Yeah, thanks, As you can thanks. tell, we like talking about this. Yes, thank you, Quinn. Moving on. TJM sends us an email. TJM says, I think with the recent announcement that Blizzard will allow any Overwatch character into Smash, I think that actually hurts Tracer's chance. Since Sakurai has stated Nintendo picks the DLC beforehand. Hmm. Anyhow, here's my top 10 likely candidates without context. Great podcast. <laughs> top 10 likely Smash DLC characters. 10 Wonder Red. 9 Crash Bandicoot. 8 G Banyan. 7 Professor Layden. 6 Lloyd Irving. 5 The Dragonborn. 4 Ezio Auditore. 3 Sora. Four, uh, 2 Anamco Rep. And 1 Ryu Hayabusa. That is an interesting and eclectic list. That's yeah, that's that's quite the list. Ryu, <laughs> yeah. Ryu Hayabusa, Ninja Gaiden guy being the most likely. Uh that's that's bold. <laughs> yes. I thought you were gonna say that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm polite to our listeners, Sean. Uh and Ezio in fourth place is also bullshit. It's bold. It's also very bold. Yeah, it is. Uh and uh and yeah, Dra- Dragon Board's definitely higher than I'd put it. But uh, that's 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 still a cool list, and I I respect the boldness of that list. Yeah, as a guy who you know makes many bold claims on this podcast, <laughs> I respect it too. No, those claims are bullshit. Hey, come on, be nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been nice to you for seventeen years, <laughs> on and off. <laughs> Eighteen years, actually. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, to 2003 to 2019. If we'd had... No, that's not 17. I'm just doing bad math. If we had a baby in 2003, they'd be old enough to join the military now. (laughs) (laughs) Our our teen man baby. Uh, That sounds like the name of a Silver Age superhero. I'm teen man baby. That, no, that's just, that's just... I hate my mom. <laughs> ah, taxes. <laughs> All right, so uh, that that's golden age, actually. Uh, yeah, that's not yeah, silver that's age. True. That's just golden age. Anyway, thanks, TJ. Thanks, TJ. Deku Star on Twitter says there should be a simple Smash Bros. MOBA. <laughs> that's the that that that's the whole thing. Okay. Um. I don't see any new MOBAs happening in the future, maybe yeah. ever. Uh, but I would not be opposed to that. You know, yeah. I uh, I think that I think that it can be an interesting genre if you're willing to kind of defy the more boring conventions of it. Yeah, and I think that also, uh, Smash and MOBAs are kind of similar in an interesting way. Hmm. Like I think that in both Smash and MOBAs. You kind of have to deal with the map or the field of battle changing in ways that force you to adjust. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that, you know, relative to kind of other examples in adjacent genres, like I would compare a MOBA to like an MMO or an RPG, and I would compare Smash to like more traditional fighting games. Yeah. You have kind of like simpler move sets and paired back controls. Um, and so I think that there's ways that you can kind of link them together. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that it might actually not be that difficult to kind of, like, take Smash characters and translate their moves into MOBA moves. Yeah. You know, that's those aren't bad points. I do agree that, like, 
I think the MOBAs that exist right now are going to keep existing. Yeah. But other than that, like, that genre is kind of, like... It's been sort of eclipsed by, uh, like, Battle Royale games. Yeah. Like, it's no longer the new hotness. Exactly. You know? Like, yeah, like, uh, like, League smite yeah and i think there's one other moba that's still popular and all the other ones have uh, like sh- uh, dota too and dota yeah. yeah and all the other ones have kind of shut down paragon right. shut down yeah right? or like heroes of new earth i don't i don't think that's around anymore huh. uh yeah like uh that's definitely i mean i think that mobas are experiencing now what mmos experienced a couple of years ago uh-huh. where it's like okay you've got some that are still around they're still successful but it's just niche enough and it's just enough of a money sink that it's hard to launch a new one in the current market. Yeah. Poor Wildstar. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was rough. Poor pouring out a 40 for my friend Chris. <laughs> he loved Wildstar. He really did. Our faithful longtime listener, Mitch E. All right, Mitchy Mitch. I've called you that more than once. I'm sorry. That's not new anymore. <laughs> Mitchy Mitch. He. This is for the 50th episode. If you had the opportunity to make a Nintendo crossover game like Smash, but for a different genre, <laughs> what would you make and who would be in it? For example, Super Nintendo Kart or Nintendo water drinking pancake flipping game. <laughs> Mitch, excellent question. Yes. Uh, my answer to this is really easy. Uh, and that is just do Kingdom Hearts. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Do like fair. like an action like the genre would be action RPG, uh-huh. and basically just do like Kingdom Hearts with Nintendo properties, yeah. right? Like have Square or whoever come up with like an OC <laughs> that feels like like Nintendo, some kind and, of like amalgam of yeah of yeah, like Nintendo drank a little too much anime juice, basically, <laughs> right? Right, and uh, and then like it's ha- a me. Sario, <laughs> and have Sario go to go to like worlds like you know, like go to the setting of go to the Mushroom Kingdom and go mm-hmm. to like go to like a planet from Metroid and go to Hyrule and like have have adventures there like based off of like games from each of those franchises you know nice and uh and get like unique weapons like representing those worlds and yeah if you just copy paste the kingdom hearts formula <laughs> into a game that was just like nintendo universes uh-huh. um that'd be one of my new favorite games ever i think that'd be great yeah yeah what about you uh so this is this is really easy for me uh-huh. i don't think that it would be as popular as your game but I would just want, like, a turn-based tactics JRPG featuring a bunch of Nintendo worlds. Yeah, that'd also be cool. Where, like, they're all kind of kingdoms in the same shared universe and they go to war with one another or something oh, like that. Oh, I mean, I'd buy that shit. Nice, I'm glad. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd get the hell out of that. Yeah, I think that you could have, like, lots of really interesting classes based on different properties. Like, maybe for the Zelda, you know, world, you could have kind of, like, a gadgeteer character that has all of Link's weird gadgets that he has going on. Uh-huh. Uh, you could obviously have, like, Koopa Troopas and things from the Mario world. Right. And, yeah, just kind of, like, seeing all these universes kind of clashing together, I think, could be really aesthetically interesting and satisfying in terms of gameplay. Nice. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Mitchie. Good question. Yes, thank you, Mitchie. Mitch. <laughs> Yaswa sends us an email. I'd like to predict a Blizzard character. Hmm. Understandably, there's some speculation around Tracer, 
While she does represent Overwatch perfectly well, I personally don't think she's the best representation of Blizzard. Hmm. The other games that have been on Nintendo consoles are Diablo and The Lost Vikings. I think Tyriel, Tyriel, Tyriel. I think Tyriel or Diablo himself would better represent Blizzard. The Lost Vikings could make for a very unique move set, although I could see it being a challenge to create something that works using three playable characters. Maybe they could swap like Pokemon Trainer. Uh, yeah, I think that would probably be the best way to implement something like that to avoid, you know, I don't know, processing power or whatever yeah. being an issue. Oh, you know what I would do is that like your down B does swap between the three characters uh-huh. but all three of them are on screen at the same time hmm. and while they're not active your opponent could still knock them off of the screen <laughs> but they have to knock all three vikings off of the screen oh, before it counts as a stock that's interesting or rather they have to they have to knock your active viking off of the right screen right yes for it to count as a stock and okay. if, if they do the other vikings vanish so you could kind of like you gotta set things up like you could mainly just fight as one Viking all you like, uh-huh. or you could, uh, you know, you could kind of have them each on different like parts of the stage <laughs> and like swap to each Viking like when you need to be on a specific part of the battlefield, like just switch to that Viking and do their thing there. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Damn, Yasua. <laughs> I really want that now, and it's never going to happen. Yeah, no, same and same. Lost Vikings character could be quite cool, never going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, Yasua says, uh, I love the show, and I'm always excited when a new episode pops up. It makes my delivery job a lot more enjoyable. I appreciate you guys. You're the only Patreon I've ever given money to, Aww. despite listening to many different podcasts during my workday. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your support and for listening. Also, an episode idea. Talk about how you would change characters' movesets to make them better represent the source material. Idea taken from this Reddit thread. And the Reddit thread is called Mario's Ground Pound is one of the most iconic moves he... Fuck! That (laughs) is his down B in the Smash reboot. Well, Bowser's got that. Yeah, and so does Yoshi. Well, right. Right? Yeah, but That doesn't help. Yeah, you're, I, I guess that's right, but, like, I don't know, like, maybe, like, maybe his ground pound's a bit different. Like, when he lands, he can kind of slide forward a little bit. Mm. Like, I I think that, obviously, you know, kind of for thematic and historical reasons, it would suit him. Yeah. I would just, I would want to differentiate him from other characters more by giving him something else. I guess that's fair, and I think the slide's still good for that. Yeah. Um, But either way, uh, talking about how we'd change characters' movesets to make them better represent the source material is a cool vibe. We actually kind of accidentally did that a bit already. <laughs> yeah. Like talking about uh Luigi's Poltergust and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, cool just cool email overall, Yaswa. Yes. And and thanks so much for supporting us like all this time. It, it agreed. Makes yeah. You make my heart big. <laughs> thanks, Yaswa. <laughs> you gave him an enlarged heart. He's going to die. I, I go to the hospital, <laughs> but I still appreciate you. Thank yes. you, Yasua. Don't stop giving him an enlarged heart. <laughs> I want to die. <laughs> uh, Pac-Man Vice on Twitter yeah. says, Here's an idea for Minecrafter as a character. All of his skins are avatar versions of characters already in Smash, and each skin gets the Kirby effect where he clones their moveset. Oh, God. So a Link skin who attacks with a sword, and so on. Uh, Pack advice, I love this idea because, like, 
just the idea of a character with 80 skins <laughs> and they all had different move sets yeah sounds like like the biggest competitive nightmare of all time it also sounds like something sakurai would do and hate himself for the whole time you know? <laughs> no he would hate himself the community the competitive community would just hate him for that well, i like, mean you well, could just imagine though like he's debuting the character and he's like as a result of implementing all of these i haven't slept in two months and my eyes fell out yeah but like your 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 implication is that he would regret that no no no, that's <laughs> not what i meant yeah and i meant you know like he i guess more like he would be hating on himself if you will yeah sure like he yeah he would be he, treating like he'd he, be treating he, himself terribly right he would be a, motivated to do this and would destroy his body in pursuit of his goal yeah i just think that when sakurai is destroying his body in pursuit of his goal he is not aware of it during the process no he's so focused on achieving his goal like yeah it's yeah. like it's only afterward that he's realized that his bones have fallen out or it's, whatever <laughs> exactly yeah yeah, I I think that's fair. His bones would fall out while implementing <laughs> this, and he would he would implement every step of it personally. Yeah, nonetheless. Yes. <laughs> uh, thanks, Pac-Man advice. Yes, thank you. Atlas Fathom, Atlas Fathom on the tweets says, if you could pick any five characters to be in Smash, regardless of how likely they actually are, who would you pick? And similarly, what are the top five characters you want the least? <laughs> Personally, my top five most wanted are Dig Dug, Conker, Captain Syrup, Tracer, and Veridi from Kid Icarus. Okay. And my bottom five would be t- would be Doom Guy, Dante, Master Chief, Fortnite slash PUBG, and Steve from Minecraft. I respect that. Who I would love as me costumes, similar to Sans, but not as full fighters. <laughs> so. We, we've been running some time, so why don't we just do our top pick for each and our bottom pick for each? Okay. Although my top pick, even like I, th- this that's kind of a bummer for me actually because like my top pick is one that I also think has some likeliness to it. I was gonna say like my my true top pick would also be like a prediction of mine, right? And yours your top is probably Monster Hunter, right? Wink. <laughs> and my top is Sora. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I guess... So, well, well, hmm. Let me think for a little while about, like, completely discounting the notion of possibility at all. Right. Sure. Yeah, I just know that mine is still Sora, you know? Okay. Like, I want him in that bad. Um, Would that include characters that have never been on a Nintendo console? Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of my favorite characters are... Just characters that have happened to be on Nintendo consoles. Yeah, you're a Nintendo Because that's how I be. I guess, like, it's funny. Like, my favorite game ever is Chibi Robo, right? Yeah. I don't necessarily want Chibi Robo as a playable character. Well, that's interesting. I think he could have a cool moveset. I think he'd have a cool moveset, yeah. But I don't think, like, that's where he's he's born to be, you know? Mm, okay. Like, I'd love him as an assist trophy, actually. Okay. I think he'd be more fun as an assist trophy than as a playable <laughs> character. Like, you know, my, my character... Think it's like I want him in, and damn how likely they are. You know, yeah. was Ridley for the longest time, right? Yeah, and now Ridley's in, and I'm very happy. Um, well, since I'm not a Nintendo boy, and I have <laughs> many and varied video gaming interests, I mean, I do too. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say that 
One character that I would love to be in the game, but that has never been on a Nintendo console and will never be in the game, is Labrys from Persona 4 Arena. <laughs> she, if you have not played those games, she is a robot girl with a big axe, and she has lots of fun moves. She's got like a chain winch she can shoot out. You're you're wrong though. She has been on a Nintendo console. Oh, was she in one of the lab, lab Shadow of the Labyrinth games or something? I I don't know whether or not she's in Persona Q2. She's uh, not in Q1. Okay, but Larry's is a playable character in Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. That's right, that's which is available the, yeah. for the Switch. Yeah, well, that's some Kevin Bacon shit. But yeah, that's uh, yeah. They, Nintendo has done some Kevin Bacon shit for <laughs> Smash. Cloud is in the game. Well, nevertheless, Labyrinth is never going to be in Smash. Yeah, I agree with I that. I would never predict her. Uh, she doesn't have the relevance. She doesn't have the popularity. <laughs> she does have the moveset potential. She has the popularity in Sean's ha- heart. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She does. I. I guess. I guess my like my character that I'd love that will never be in is Spike from Ape Escape. <laughs> right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. He could even have a move that's pretty similar to what he had in in uh, PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Uh huh. Uh, but you know, also one that makes like that that is like viable in like a Smash kind of way. Yes. Um, what's the character you want to be in the game the least? Are you just gonna say Heihachi, <laughs> you, you bitch? <laughs> I mean, he's up there. Um, but if I had to pick a character, let's see. Yeah, out of like any character who's ever been in video games that I wouldn't want to be in there, I don't know, probably like, uh, you know, I have to say, I like Assassin's Creed fine. I don't want Ezio to be in there. Yeah. I don't think he'd fit. Yeah. Maybe kind of weird. And my opinion of Ubisoft kind of oscillates up and down like an audio waveform. <laughs> like one day I really like him, one day I really don't. And I just, yeah, I... I like, it's fine if you like Ezio. It's fine if you want him to be in the game. I just think that it would be a weird clash, and he's not relevant anymore. Yeah. Uh, no, I, th- I think that's good. I-, I think that's a good answer. Um, Mine would-, would probably also be, like, a Fortnite character. Like yeah, oh, I- yeah. Yeah, like, I... I think the relevance they have now will not be the relevance they have in five years. Yeah. I- you know, I think if you... I think if you put them in the game, and then you look back ten years later, you'll, like, put it like, you're like oh, wow, that's... That's a that's an addition <laughs> that's of, of its time. time. Yeah. 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 Um and I think I think most of the ultimate cast kind of stands the test of time. Mm-hmm. Um in a way that I I doubt Fortnite will. Um also like I don't know, like as far as their moveset potential goes, it's like guns, which Smash doesn't love doing in the first place. Right. And building, building things, things, which, like, if you're going to have a building things character, just put Minecrafter in there. Or don't. <laughs> like, okay, who would you say fits better, Minecrafter or Fortnite? I'm not making this if, Sophie's if, choice. Yeah, if you had to put one of them in the game, gun to your head, which would it be? It would be the guy from The Sims that makes towers. <laughs> <laughs> not an option it's a two choice multiple choice question it would be the hero from dragon quest builders <laughs> you know that's that's closer to minecraft than fortnite so i'm just gonna pretend your answer is minecraft you can pretend all you want but it's just a fantasy deal. <laughs> the reality is that neither of them will ever be in smash you know i i don't know if 
you'd want to put money on that claim. I it's a good thing that I haven't put any money on any of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I uh yeah, I, I think Fortnite just isn't like that that's a choice that's not going to age very well, and it's a choice that like um I don't know. I I just don't see them as being an iconic character yeah. alongside all these other very iconic characters in Smash, you know? Me neither. Even, even Terry is iconic, and as much as you don't like a Minecraft character, you can't say that they're not iconic. Uh, I think Minecraft is iconic. <laughs> Steve is bullshit. <laughs> bullshit can still be iconic. I think that you are wrong. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, the, the, those are our uh, truncated, our, our bridged answers to your question, Atlas Fathom. Yes. A good question, nonetheless. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much. Thank you. And our last episode 50 question... You tried to whistle there, but it sounded more like when, like, someone's like trying to slide down a slide, <laughs> like at like at the playground, uh-huh. you know. But like, the, the there's just no like they just like skid on it for half a second instead, and <laughs> right, they're still yeah. at the top. It's just like the skin on plastic sound. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. Oh god. Let me try again. Man, yeah, my, yeah, my but, whistling yeah, sucks today. That's better. It's better. Wow, fucking whatever. <laughs> the weather has turned here, and my lips are a little chapped. Chapster Seanman. That's what they call me. Sean the Chapman. Uh, Sean. Sean the Chapman Sean. Thanks, Daniel. Good nickname. Sean Vice Principal Chapman Francis. It's a bomb-ass nickname, Daniel. <laughs> Good shit. Vice Principal Chapman was the was one of the antagonists of Animorphs. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Got a yerk in there. Yeah, got, got a yerk in there. A yerk. <laughs> got some questions from Vinny G. Ah, oh, good old Vinny G. Hey guys, hope I'm not too late to send in a few questions, but first, a goose update. <laughs> Untitled Goose Game is a delightful puzzle and stealth game, and I'd highly recommend it. It exudes charm, and the player character of the goose is a lovable little scamp. <laughs> now, nice. that the, now that the important business out of the way, questions. Daniel... What did you think of the Steven Universe movie? What are your thoughts on where the series will go from here? And who do you think the next big bad will be that Steven will have to defeat with empathy? Ha! Also, with us entering into the spookiest month, I suppose this is the best time to ask, when do you guys think we'll see another Silent Hill game? Mm. Are the makers of PT still going to try to make one? Or will it be a disappointment like most of the other newer Silent Hill games have been? <laughs> also, please take this as an open invitation to spend at least 10 minutes talking about Silent Hill. <laughs> I hope you have a smashing time, Vinny G. Uh, so, Vinny, good questions. Yes. Uh, I uh, I really enjoyed the Steven Universe movie. Nice. Um, I, I thought it was really good. I thought the antagonist... Uh, was a really excellent character, mm-hmm. and I thought the message of that movie was also really incredible and and important for kids watching. Cool. Um, uh, I was a bit worried that if that was like the way that the franchise was ending, it didn't really feel like it had enough closure for me, mm-hmm. and it left a a bit more loose ends that I liked. However, in the time 
between this episode and Vinny asking this question in the first place, <laughs> um, which kind of nullifies this question of where my thoughts on where the series will go from here. Right. Because I kind of know now yeah. they've announced a mini series called Steven Universe Future right. that that takes place uh in the same time period as it takes place directly after the movie which takes place two years after the rest of the series. Okay. Um, so Steven is 16 years old now. Uh, he's learning how to drive and like he's, <laughs> and he's, he's dealing with the aftermath of the movie and of like the events of the past two years. I see. And, uh, and they've already shown the opening for Steven universe future, which kind of hints at a lot of things. It shows some potential big bads. Like it shows uh, maybe Jasper coming back. It shows a, a monster made out of like corrupted watermelon Stevens. Oh God! Um, and uh, and it shows like white. It shows either White Diamond who's who's gone like mean again, hmm. or like or a or like a variant. Like she's got kind of a red tint to her, okay. and I think that's just kind of the lighting of the opening. I see. Um, like the lighting of that part of the opening. Yeah. Um, my my guess is that White Diamond will will kind of have conflicts with Steven again at some point in the miniseries. Okay. But it could be like a new, like a fusion of White Diamond and someone else or something. Interesting. Um, So I guess I'll just make one Steven Universe future prediction, and that is that uh, Lapis and Peridot will finally fuse. Nice. Uh, because I've wanted that forever. <laughs> Alternately, uh, Lapis, Peridot, and Bismuth will all Fuse oh, okay. At the same time, into, into a tri fusion. Yeah. Um, I hope it's the first one because I really like the dynamic between Peridot and Lapis specifically. Sure. But I also think Bismuth needs more screen time. So, okay. Either one of those, I'll be happy with. Fair enough. Thank you for that. Thank. Thanks for asking me because I love talking about Steven <laughs> Universe, and yeah. this isn't really a venue for me to do that. So. And uh, since you took the Steven Universe question, I guess I'll take the Silent Hill question. Yeah. Being horror man. Uh, I thought PT was really interesting and very creepy. Yeah. Uh, I actually, because of Daniel's diligence, just have PT on my PS4, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. I can play whenever I want. Um, having said all that, I, you know, Silent Hill, the IP is, of course, owned by Konami. Yeah. And ever since they unceremoniously fired Hideo Kojima, my faith in them uh, has uh, been reduced considerably. Yeah. Uh, so I think that... <laughs> I only have faith that that they'll keep making me play uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Lakes, and that's it. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, a fun side note, though. Well, that's fun for me. Uh, I haven't played that game in about four days. What the fuck? Yeah, I, like, they, they didn't add a whole lot to the new dark side of dimensions world. Okay. And, uh, and this entire month of upcoming events mm -hmm. is reruns of events from previous months. Wow. Like they, like they add new skills and cards and stuff, but like, I like my, my motivation uh -huh. to keep playing until there's something new. Yeah. Like knowing that I'll have to wait at least another month for something truly new. Uh, -huh. uh my motivation has been like, at like rock at like unprecedented lows to keep playing. Okay. I'll, I'll probably jump back. I'll, I'll probably jump back in like November at the latest to see if, 
I start getting the chance to unlock new characters again. Sure. Um, but yeah, sorry, PT. Right, yes, to jump back, yeah. So uh, I, I would love for the people who were working on PT to work on a new project. I don't think it's going to be a Silent Hill project. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I wonder if we're going to see much in the way of Silent Hill ever going forward. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, because um, I, I think basically, like, the first sign we will see of a new Silent Hill game is Konami remastering older Silent Hill games. Yeah, there you go. I That's think, a good one. I think before we see that, the possibility of a new one is just kind of dead in the water. But to tackle the latter part of Vinny G's comment, if I could just kind of wax poetic about the uh, broader Silent Hill franchise for a second. Sure. I was a bit of a Johnny-come-lately to Silent Hill because I was a big Resident Evil fan. Johnny-come-lately sounds like a Silent Hill character. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> um, but... Uh, so because I was so into Resident Evil, Silent Hill was just kind of like the other horror franchise. I didn't really look into it for a while. Sure. My first Silent Hill game that I actually really got into was the one for the PSP, where you play as like a trucker who's rescued a girl and goes into Silent Hill for some reason. Uh-huh. And that's like considered one of the worst Silent Hill games. <laughs> and I was playing it on the PSP, which is like obviously a small screen. It's portable. Uh-huh. God, that game scared the shit out of me. <laughs> it was so creepy. Like this, and I mean, this is, you know, kind of a common convention of the games. But there's kind of like the mist world that you're running around in. Uh-huh. And then you go into the like creepy, rusty, dark world where all the monsters are. Mm-hmm. And that game in particular kind of involved you having to go from one world to the other a lot to solve puzzles. Like, oh, I have to get an item in the creepy rust world and then come back to the mist world and use it here or whatever. Right. And I would get to points where I would be running around in kind of the light world, the mist world. And I would realize I'd have to go to the creepy world and I would just stand in front of like the mirror or whatever. Like, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I'm going to stay here. Maybe I'll just run around this entire area again and see if I really have to go. Because I don't want to go in there. I want to stay in the mist world. I don't want to go into the creepy rust world where the weird things are. I don't want to go. Like that was my entire like (laughs) mental process. Uh Uh-huh. Um. And after that, I tried a couple of other Silent Hill games like Silent Hill 4, Silent Hill 3, Silent Hill 2. And it's just a it's a cool, weird, very unsettling franchise. And if you Mm. are kind of into particularly like Japanese horror stuff like The Grudge, Ringu, you know, whatever. Uh Yeah, um, definitely worth playing uh, in spite of the fact that it's kind of dead in the water right now. All right. Thanks, Vinny. That was a smashing time. Yes. Thanks yes. for always asking us really cool questions. Yes. Thank you, Vinny. Uh, and great question to cap off our 50th episode. Woo! Thanks so much for being with us, whether you've been with us for five episodes or all 50. Yes. Uh, or whether you're listening to us for the first time now. In yes. which case, I'm sorry you're confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there are a lot of callbacks. So hopefully that didn't suck for you. Yeah. But uh but yeah, this this has been really great. Uh I'm I'm looking forward to doing more of these. I don't know for like I don't know if we're going to get to 100 at this rate. Uh but I guess it's certainly possible, especially yeah. if like especially if Fighter Pack 2 is not the last Fighter Pack. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if we do, uh, for our 100th episode, we'll answer twice as many questions. No! (laughs) (laughs) You would be the one that suffered most through that. That's true. (laughs) 
If uh, if you want more Daniel and Sean content, you can find it on patreon.com slash group. Yeah. Uh, we have an exclusive podcast there for a dollar a month. Uh, one of those episodes includes the story at the time I worked at a flour mill. Uh, <laughs> or rather, it wasn't even a flour mill. Anyway, more details. Yeah, you can find out for, if you listen. For one dollar. Uh, <laughs> five dollars uh a month for stuff like bonus content and deleted scenes Mm -hmm. and uh there's a lot more to check out uh if you feel like supporting us at all as as we've mentioned multiple times already uh it it really means a lot uh to everyone that does but also means a lot that you're even listening so uh whatever you do thank you and just follow your heart yes uh and your dreams (laughs) A Smashing Theory will return at the beginning of November. All right. Uh, on November 7th, uh, we will predict the Terry Bogard pack right. for Smash Bros. Ultimate, because that's supposed to come out sometime in November. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting more mid-November than than uh, late November vibes. Okay. If Nintendo is like, listen to some Terry Bogard stuff, <laughs> like, before... Like if if they uh, if they say they're going to put that out before November seventh, we will right. We will we will punch that together uh, if if we can. If they don't just shadow drop that shit, sure. Uh, we'll we'll do our prediction episode earlier. But yeah, we we will be back with that since uh, really there's not much to talk about right or predict for the next month. But then November will will have several things to talk about, like Terry Bogard. Uh, mm-hmm. both predicting his stuff and the release of his stuff, as well as uh, as well as starting to predict some game awards stuff and that Ooh. sort of thing. So we'll we'll be busy in November. So for the month of October, Sean and I will have our heads down working on our new podcast project. Yes, which I'm sure you'll get to hear about in the near ish future. Wink, wonk, winky, winky. Still, still aiming for a fall 2019 release of that. Yes, yeah, feels pretty on track. Tbh, yeah. But yeah, thank you for 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 being with us for 50 eps, uh, and hope to be with you for several more eps. Yeah, uh, eps a billion. So we'll we'll see ya, <laughs> eps a billion. We'll see ya in November. And in the meantime, I hope you have a spooky Halloween and a smashing time. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that just sounds like you're pooping. Oh, <laughs> poops. Goodbye. Goodbye. Special thanks. Special thanks. Special thanks to Lonald. Ah, oh, Lonald. Lonald, Lonald, Lonald. Are you going to say Lonald 50 times because we've done 50 episodes? Lonald, Lonald, Bo-Bonald, Banana, Banana, Bo-Bonald, for Bonald, Lonald. That's like seven times. Lonald, Lonald, Lonald. <laughs> times 10. <laughs> thanks, special thanks to Nymph. Thank you, Nymphy-Nymphy-Nymphy. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't call them nymphomaniacs. You know, I almost did. Yeah, and well, then I changed my mind. Thank, 
everything. <laughs> thank, thank you, Nip. You're thank great. You. And you're loved and appreciated. Special thanks to my girlfriend, Amy Lee. Ah, thank you, Amy Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, baby. Yeah. Yeah. You've yeah. been You've been around me for all 50 of these episodes. Maybe not, like, physically around me, but, you know. Mentally around you. Yeah. Emotionally around you. Yeah. Tenderly. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> Thank you, Amy Lee. Yes, thank you. Love you. Special thanks to Leo. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. That's my best roar in a while. Mm, sure. Shut up. <laughs> uh, thanks. Thanks, Leo. Thanks. <laughs> I just imagine you like just like outside Leo's room like doing that. Just like his doorway is open and you're just like right, right, right. Thanks. It's like uh it's like in the shining when uh Jack Nicholson uh knocks the hole in the door with the axe and then pokes <laughs> his head in and goes, Here's Johnny but it's just me going <laughs> and then Leo's terrified on and the Leo's other like, side ah! of the door. <laughs> yeah. He's Shelly Duval. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Leo would 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 be tougher than Shelly. <laughs> Spe- special thanks to Mr. Cool Red Luigi. Wahoo! Thanks, MCRL. Yeah, thanks for uh, giving us a question that generated lots of discussion this time. His his username on the Discord lately has been Mr. Cool Red Gander because he <laughs> likes mi- the goose game so much. And what's good for the goose is good for the gander. <laughs> what's good for the goose is good for the Red Luigi. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Red. Thanks, Red. Special thanks to Garrett. Thank you, Garrett, uh, for also submitting a good question that gave lots of discussion. Yeah, yeah, good, good shit, man. Thank you. Uh, since we're since we're doing less episodes in October than either of us probably anticipated, <laughs> uh, we will also thank you in the first episode of November. Yes, uh, and you can consider those thanks you got beforehand just some bonus thanks because I, I forgot to not start thanking you until October started. We just love thanking people. <laughs> thanks and thanks yeah. thankers. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so thanks, Garrett. Enjoy more thanks to come. Uh. <laughs> uh, special th- thanks uh, if you want them, if you want these. <laughs> Get, give us twenty dollars. Just hand them to us on the street, and we'll yeah. be like, "Yeah, we'll take you on the podcast." If you're ever wandering around Chicago, you know, you just be like, "Hey, are you Sean?" And then the person you say that to will be like, "No," or, "Well, that is my name, but I'm not the Sean you're thinking of." Yeah. And then just do that like a million times. Yeah, and then eventually, right. I'm one sure. of them will be me. If that seems complicated, go to Patreon.com/slash/BeepBoopCrew. Yeah, and back us a twenty dollars a month and we will special thank you for that month and any other months you subscribe or if you just give it to me personally i'll thank you personally and then just keep it <laughs> <laughs> special thanks all of our special thanks patrons and thanks you thanks guys <laughs> bye bye